Bucks fans, happy Wednesday. It is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And again, this is where we take all of your questions, thoughts, comments, everything. And this is such an exciting week to be doing this because we actually are going to have football players back at Advent Health Training Center. So this is an exciting day after months of doing this show from home and wondering what was going to happen in the days. And we finally are going to have some players in there. So Scott, I wanted to hear for you just what are, what are your thoughts about how this is you know, going to look and, and how excited are you to, to know that we are just this, this close? We're right here to having football happening. Well, I guess I'd say I'm glad that we're prog- progressing along. There's been a lot of dates get, got pushed back or, or along, along the way during the months you're hoping maybe you could come back at a certain time. Uh, maybe they could start earlier in July. And um, so it seems like it's been a moving target the whole time. So the fact that this is actually apparently going to happen that's exciting in a way, but I do think it's going to be a bit of a slow burn to get going here. You know, the players are going to come in. There's going to be some rounds of testing. Um, there's probably going to be some strength and conditioning work. I don't know yet exactly when we're going to be watching practice, but at least we are progressing in that direction, and that's a good feeling. Yeah, that's true. And again, just a reminder, uh, if you want to submit your question for us, go ahead and do it over on the Facebook page. So you can check that out and uh, and send your questions in there. Um, I, I want to hear for you, what are the biggest things that you feel like will be different about this training camp and maybe the approach to it, knowing that they have already missed so much of the offseason, a lot of the things that would have maybe happened in an OTA, in a mini camp, um, how could that potentially alter the way training camp will look this year? Yeah, I think I might have alluded to that just a minute ago. Um, usually when you get into camp, you do start practicing right away. It's still a little bit of a uh, ramp up. You know, you don't have pads on for the first few days and you don't have contact for quite some time. But this time, I really think there's going to have to be some days or weeks devoted to strength and conditioning work just because they missed all of that during the offseason. Now, players obviously have worked out on their own, but they're, with any group of people, there's going to be a spectrum of how well they did so. And there's going to be some that are going to walk in here ready to go. Like, as an example, I do want to bet that Chris Guy, Chris Guyman will walk right in and be ready to do a two-hour practice the moment he steps in the building. But maybe not everybody will be at that same level. And you got to figure, you got to find out where they are, and then you got to help them get to the point where they normally would be at the start of a camp. Also, it appears that we won't have preseason games. I don't know if we've officially announced that or not, but that's certainly the news that's been out there from the NFL and the NFLPA. So uh, if there's no preseason games, that certainly makes camp look a lot different because those would really break things up and give you a little bit of uh, a little bit of idea of how things are going. I mean, you know, many times we'll be a, a week or two in a camp and we'll be saying, man, that undrafted rookie receiver looks really good, right? It happens every year. And then you get into games and you either find out that he shows up or disappears. So uh, it, we won't have that and there won't be any joint practices. So it's going to be a little bit harder to tell uh, I think that probably leads to a lot more staying with the status quo. I think that makes it a lot harder for undrafted rookies and for guys trying to battle their way up the depth chart. And that's unfortunate, but I guess that just makes it a bigger challenge for those guys. And uh, Mitchell asked, how long will it be before contact starts? That's always a, a big question every year is, you know, oh, when are the padded practices that those are again, especially if you're not going to have preseason games, you're not going to have joint practices that man, those contact practices are going to be even more important to, to start trying to learn some things. So uh, how could that potentially be different than, than years past? That's a great question, Mitchell. And I don't think we have the answer to that yet. I think there are some aspects of how camp is going to go and how the entire preseason period, not games, is going to go. Uh, how many practices you can have, uh, how many times in a row, how much testing there has to be before every practice or day of practice. 
and and when they're going to put on the pads and when they're going to start hitting each other, I don't think anybody has that answer yet. Uh, that's like you said, Casey, there's a lot different about this one. And I think we're going to find out a lot of it as we go along. And uh, I think the name is Adam. I, I think it's weird. It's it, I'm hoping it's like Adam, but there's an H thrown in there. So I don't know how much I should have, you know, so you just pronounced called it. Name weird. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, weird. I was thinking to myself, I couldn't help but think of wheat thins and like how much I'm supposed to pronounce <laughs> whipped cream. With Maybe, the, yeah, it's, it's a silent H. It's the silent H. So Adam or add him, either way, uh, he said, hey, Miss Casey and Mr. Scott, just was wondering what's up with Justin Evans. We haven't heard any words on him. Yeah, I get this question for the mailbag pretty much every week. Um, I sort of answered it last week, although it really wasn't much of an answer because I think as we've discussed here before, this is this is one of those questions that we would have had a lot better feel for had there been an off-season program. At the end of last year, um, they, Coach Arians, I believe, was hopeful that Justin would be able to make it back onto the field at some point during the OTAs or for that final mini camp, which would have been a couple weeks into June. And at that point, you would have got a good feeling for if he was going to be ready for the start of training camp. And, you know, sometimes guys that have been out for that long, you get them on the field, and what you're really hoping for is that there is no setback. I mean, you get to the point where you feel they can practice and sometimes that goes great. And sometimes there's a little bit of, you know, the, the timetable gets slowed down because it didn't go as great. Uh, we don't have any of that evidence now. Um, I can tell you that when coach has talked about the safety position because he gets asked about that a lot because um, it's, it's really the only spot on the depth chart that is a little difficult to figure out how it's going to shake out in terms of the starters. Um, and so when he talks about it, he does not fail to mention Justin Evans. Obviously, he talks about Antoine Whitfield and, and Jordan Whitehead. I think I said Whitfield. I meant Winfield. Uh, jo Jordan Whitehead, Mike Edwards, Dakota Dixon. But he always does mention Justin Evans, but it, you can tell it's still just a big question mark. So uh, that's something we're just going to have to wait and see on. I, I know they'd love to have to get him back in the mix. You know, early on, he looked like one of those safeties that you're looking for that can play up in the box, that hits hard but also can roam. He's got, he's very acrobatic. You remember some of his interceptions were of the very acrobatic variety. So he, he can make the big play. So it's a guy you'd like to see if you can get back to where he was at the beginning. Um, you could have a real asset there, but I'm afraid we're gonna, just going to have to wait and see. I'm sorry. I think I'm going to be saying wait and see a lot to a lot of these questions, but at least like you said at the top, we're, we're getting to that point where we'll have some answers. Yeah, I hope nobody's playing the drinking game of a drink every time he says wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking At 10 in the morning. Right. With Justin Evans, um, wasn't his first career interception against Tom Brady? I uh, don't I don't recall. I I think I know he had one against him and I want to say it was his first of his career, but yeah, I know he actually intercepted him uh whenever we played the the Patriots at uh, Raymond James. So I feel like, you know, he's already he he would probably be pretty excited and ready to get out there and, and try that again at practice. Look, look at you pulling out the fun facts. That's supposed to be my job. I you know. I mean, after five years of hearing you, you know, you've been teaching me well. I'm just trying to live up to your status. Um, all right. Rodney said, with limited media in camp, do you and Scott foresee a heavier workload on reporting to the fans? Well, I mean, it's a good question. And um, but the thing is, we're going to have the same restrictions um, in terms of uh, talking to the players or, or you know, being with them or around them as, as the rest of the media. So I think what you're going to have is it, it's going to be a level playing field and we certainly are going to be there. Um, we're going to be there every day. There's practice. Uh, we're going to do the best we can to bring you everything we can. We have to figure out 
what that means. So I hope that's the case. I hope that there's more for us to do and that uh, we can deliver more that, that maybe is harder to get out in traditional means. That's certainly what we're going to try to do. Um, but we are going to be living by some of the same restrictions as the rest of the media. Yeah, being, being a team reporter doesn't necessarily come with any more uh, perks this, this year than this outside media because we, we could have, you know, COVID just as easy as another reporter. So they have to make sure that, you know, anyone that's, it doesn't matter who you work for or what you're doing, that this is uh, something where, you know, you got to make sure that the people that are coming in contact with players, it's, yeah. it's the right kind of protocols. Um, yeah, there, are a lot, there are a lot of new uh, regulations and, and things in place that's designed for safety. And so you and I aren't going to be able to walk up to, Tom Brady as he's coming off the practice field and ask him a question. Nope, we will continue to be doing interviews from Zoom and uh, things from, from really far away. Um, Frank asked, who will be the number three wide receiver on paper to start the season? And he asked if it would be Watson, Miller, or the rookie from Minnesota. Yeah, I think those are the top three candidates, pretty obviously. Um, I think the best case scenario was that would be that Tyler Johnson soaks up a lot of those, those uh, snaps because that would mean that he is – on this level, what he was at Minnesota, which is a guy who's a fantastic route runner, just has an innate ability to get open, to create separation, not just underneath, but even deep. Um, and you'd like that, your third receiver, to be that guy, more of an all-around guy that can also play in the slot. Um, I know we love to put Chris Godwin in the slot when we're in trips, when we're in 11 personnel, uh, but he's not the only guy that ever takes snaps from the slot. So uh, if you could mix it up a little bit and have a guy that you feel good about in there, um, that would be good. Now, saying that, I think also uh, both those other guys are really good candidates. I think I would put a spotlight on Scotty Miller just because, um, you know, I, I, would, I would put it this way. Last year, Brashad Perryman was clearly the number three receiver pretty much all the time when he was healthy. He had a, missed a couple games in the middle. But um, if you recall, early on, um, there was a lot of talk about how come Brashad Perryman hardly had any stats. He hadn't, didn't have a lot of catches. And, and the, uh, the coaches would always say, Brashad's doing great. He's doing everything we want him to do. The ball's just not going his way. You know, those other two guys get so many targets. It's just hard for him to get a lot of targets. And then he's kept doing what he was doing. He started to get more targets in the second half. And then, of course, Mike and, and Chris got hurt. And he showed what he could have been doing when he's the targeted guy. So my point being, it could be a very similar situation where the third receiver – doesn't get a ton of targets, but he is still on the field 55 to 60% of the snaps. So you want that guy to actually be somebody that stresses the opposing defense, even if the quarterback isn't looking at him a ton. So that's a guy that I think Scotty could be just because of his speed. Okay. And uh, Brandon asked, minus Gronk, which of the new offensive players are you looking forward to seeing Tom connect with? Well, this might not, I don't know if he's looking for between receivers and tight ends, but uh, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what happens with Keyshawn Vaughn because, as everybody knows, Tom Brady uh, has had a lot of success. Had a lot of success in New England throwing to running backs. Um, James White, year after year, there were guys before that, um, and I would like to see that be a bigger part of our passing attack. And I wonder if the number one pass catching back is going to be Keyshawn or Ronald Jones. And I have a feeling it might be Keyshawn, uh, and he could even maybe take all or part of that third down role from Dare. So um, I'd, I'd like to see our number one pass catching running back have somewhere in the, in the range of 40 to 50 catches. So I guess that's what I'm most interested to see if, if Keyshawn can be that guy and if Brady finds trust in him. And Edward asked, how many pro bowlers do you think the Bucks will have this year? He suggested he sees five definitely 
and wow. explore more possibilities? Well, my first reaction to the number five is to say, come on, that's, that's awfully aggressive. It's been a long time since the Bucks have put five in the Pro Bowl at one time. And maybe, uh, maybe um, I don't know if we had four or five in, in Jameis Winston's rookie year, but there were a couple of really late additions there. Um, but then the, the other side of that coin is it's not really that crazy because the years that the Buccaneers have had five or more Pro Bowlers were always the years where the team was really good and got a lot of attention. Uh, and of course, that's what we think is going to happen this year. We certainly know we're going to get a lot of attention because of Brady and Gronk and so on. And we think it's going to be a very good team. And if those things happen, he's right. Five is another question. So who are the possibilities? Obviously, Mike and Chris and Shaq, they all went last year. So you could start there. Um, maybe, Brady, Gronk. <laughs> Brady, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe. Um, you know, even maybe one of the linemen uh, gets a little more attention now. Ali Marpet. Um, you know, Ryan Jensen. Uh, and then, of course, everybody's favorite answer to this question of the overlooked guy who finally could get some attention, Levante David. Levante David, yeah. If he doesn't yep. make it, I think we should strike and revolt and pick it outside the Pro Bowl game. So, so five doesn't, as a matter of fact, it's not that hard to get to five. So it, my first reaction was that's kind of crazy. But when I think about it, makes some sense. It could happen, yeah. Uh, Christopher asked, do you think they should expand the rosters? Yeah, and I think that they probably will, or have very, um, uh, what's the word, uh, very, not loose, but forgiving rules for promoting guys and, and from the practice squad, having a larger practice squad, being able to move them back and forth from there easier, being able to move guys back and forth from injured reserve, uh, you know, make that, that rule about having a couple guys you can bring back from injured reserve, maybe make it everybody. and and. I don't know how much of this you know of the history of injured reserve, but the reason that it became a rule where a guy went on IR <clears throat> and had to stay on IR was because 20, 25 years ago, there were teams that made a habit of stashing guys on IR. So you'd put a guy on IR, on IR for an injury that wasn't so bad, but you needed the roster spot and you just leave him there until you want to bring him back. And it was pretty obvious what teams were doing. So they made that rule. So teams couldn't get away with that. Well, this is a year that maybe teams should be allowed to do that because uh, you, you really need a, a pretty big pool of players at your disposal for the possibility of having to get by with absences of a couple weeks. So um, I don't know if it's ne absolutely necessary to increase the roster a ton from 53, but to be able to easily move guys back and forth from your entire pool of players is probably the way to go. That's a great point. And we'll close with this one. Ed wanted to know, do you think Keyshawn Vaughn has a chance to start over Ronald Jones? Well, a chance. Sure. Absolutely. I can't, I would never come here and say a guy doesn't have a chance to beat out another guy for the job. But um, if I'm a betting man, I think Ronald Jones remains the starter. And, and as the season goes along, we see how the split goes and, and uh, they'll go, they'll go with the hot hand. Like Bruce Arians said last year. I mean, at this same time last year, if you were asking me if Ronald Jones would unseat Peyton Barber for the starting job, I would have said, no, I don't think so. Uh, but I think they'll see how it goes. And somewhere along the way, if Ronald is more effective than Peyton, then he will replace him, which is what happened. Um, I think Ronald's going to be effective this year. So I think he will start and I think he will maintain a, a good number, a good percentage of the snaps. We'll see how much Keyshawn takes out of that. 
Okay, well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks, as always, for being with us. Thanks for those questions. And soon, hopefully, we'll be doing some of these live shows from up at Advent Health Training Center with actual football happening behind us. So stay tuned for that, and we'll see you next week.